what a bloody good soundtrack. What a, what a lovely song to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hi everyone, welcome to Fail Rockstar Club podcast. Podcast um, talks about music, mental health and fashion. There'll be plenty of all of these, I reckon, today. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't written anything about fashion. This episode is called... The 80s. The 80s episode. The 1980s, the decade of the 80s. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun to just have a chat about certain eras. that mm-hmm. The fashion, the music, the film, the culture. The excess. Our experience with it. The decade of excess, this was. In many ways, ways, the decade of greed. Yep. <laughs> Capitalism. Mm. Reaganism. Yeah. Um, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. The right, end. At the end of it, yeah. yeah. Before the, the Iron Curtain. Yep. The, the, the banking crash. Oh, yeah. American banking I s- crash. I assume we'll go into detail about that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I assume you've done the sort of detailed research that I expect oh, uh, of you. Nothing less. AIDS. <laughs> if you've done method, mm. contracted AIDS, especially for the podcast, can you still get AIDS? You can still get it. You can still get it. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, Hi everyone. Um, yeah, so that's very. Uh, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> I just lost my way. Too busy, try, too busy thinking. To serious. <laughs> we talked about contracting AIDS. Yeah. Um, uh, funnily enough, I mentioned Russia. As many of you know, we um, we're very popular in Russia. Mm-hmm. I have a. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we didn't have a question last week, funnily enough, but we do have one this week. Oh, good. Uh, I did catch the person's name, so I'm afraid I I haven't. Anonymous really Russian. Yeah, they, did, they actually did write it, but I've forgotten. It's male, though. Say Oleg, for simplicity's sake. <laughs> for the sake of stereotyping. Yeah. So, Oleg wants to know. Mm-hmm. Cheers. It's not a question about, detailed question about Russia, is it? No. Well, mm, in a way. <laughs> the Russians, they like, they like details. Their details kind of... Yeah, kind of that's, place. I think they've come to the wrong place. Since the fall of Great Russia State of USSR mm-hmm. in 1989... Mm-hmm. Topical. Oh, okay, good. What do you think the benefit of capitalism has been to people of Russia? That's a heavy question. Well, I imagine that they all get to live in... Well, not all of them. Peace and harmony? Well, no, I imagine it's a more... uh, do you think it has well, interestingly the, he reckons it has but is it I mean it's a little bit more subtle but there's still a lot of um, control and power from the state from the state That's over true. the people of Russia I imagine it's a very what's the word in unequal society where you've got your big oligarchs reaping the whirlwind of capitalism at the top and then you've got your poor hmm. your poor people living in a Siberian hut you've just described Great Britain the bo- well, I have. That's the only. That's you know the lens that I see mm. see it through. It's a what? There's a fr- word I'm looking for that means there's people at the top, rich people at the top, and paupers at the bottom. What's what's the word? Meritocracy. Yeah, is that what I'm looking for? But, but, but it could be that. No, that means that it in, insinuates that the clever people get to the top. I think. Oh well, I'm not no, sure that's that. the case. No. Because if you're an oligarch and you've yeah. just happened to mm. find oil. On your land, that you're not necessarily clever, are you? No. So, Oleg, I hope that's answered your question. <laughs> Sorry, Oleg, I was hoping for something more light-hearted about have you, have you, what's your best score on Tetris? Yeah. Or do you like gymnastics? Or mm. you know, Russian doping? <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the Russian doping scandal? Yeah. Like, yeah something light like that. Mm. What was the impact of AIDS in <laughs> Moscow in 1987? So, okay, so, um, what, you've got a couple of your quizzes, yeah? Yeah, of course. Do you want to do, should we do one to start the process before well, we get we, into the, the 80s? Yeah, should we clear up last week's JD's, KP's, RB's? So, as you know, regular listeners, you'll... We do a quiz every week. Jez Dixon's Carl Pilkington's Rockbusters. Uh, last week's clues and answers, and then I'll do this week's for you. Okay, so the first one was... Well, I'll explain it. 
I do a cryptic clue, give you the initial of an artist or a band, and you have to tell me who they are. So the first one last week was Back Brush Breast. That, of course, was The Strokes. The Strokes, yes. I did. I got that last week. Yeah. Clever. Mm. Uh, and the second one, there's a man whose job it is simply to rotate one of the members of S Club 7. Yes, I did not get this one. That was Tina Turner. <laughs> That's his job. <laughs> okay. I was going on the H one. I was going H, spinny H. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Tina, I don't know what her last name is, but there's definitely a Tina in S Club 7. Okay. Yep. He rotates. So Tina Turner. I like the idea of somebody doing that. Yeah. Like on a sp- I'm picturing her on a spit. Yeah. Over a fire. Oh god, you've killed her, have you? No, no, no just, I'm just slightly brazing her. Charles yeah. and Tina. So, uh, well done. Uh, Carl, got that? Again? The cold <laughs> dog. Carl! <laughs> Carl! Uh, yeah, well done, you get a gift voucher for Failed Rockstar Club merch. Congratulations. And as always, Email or contact us on social media with the answers. First one gets oh, actually, we had before we move on to this week's. You put it on Instagram, didn't you? Did mm-hmm. you any, how was any success? <laughs> no, I think they were too hard, <laughs> too difficult. Well, we launched what, on Instagram, didn't we? Well, the it? problem was because was I didn't know if people knew the rules. I had to put all the rules on one post, and yeah. it, you only got fifteen seconds yeah. to read it. So and there's a lot of rules on JD <laughs> KP. Yeah. There's a lot to get through. So th- from now, I'm just going to literally put the question. And see see what the responses are like. Yeah, but no, I think it was too complicated for people. This week's okay. See if you can get these, Steve. Don't if you get it, don't tell me the answers. Okay, number one, D. The initial is D. D. And the clue is, you killed Bambi. You absolute. Okay, what that? Desiree. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Desiree. And number two. Educate yourself while taking a dump. And that's L-R. Educate yourself while taking a dump. Or, or a piss. Oh. Or a wee. So the, the poop isn't the important bit there. It's the combination of using the toilet while educating yourself, okay? Thank you very much. Oh, no. Definitely not Lionel Richie. It's not not Lionel Richie. No. Or Desiree. Or Desiree. Just, you know, you're going to cross them out of your uh, research. So, yeah, um, yeah, so if you know what it is and you want to win a um, bit of merch, um, then, yeah, email or message us on Instagram, Best Days Vintage, Mm -hmm. with the answers. Yep. You've got to get both. There's a lot of people doing this, so, yeah. Do it as quickly as you can. Okay, so... um, the, the 80s, the 90, bloody 1980s. Yeah, let's talk the 80s. How old were you, Jess? Well, as you well know, I was born at the very end of the 70s. Mm-hmm. I saw three months of the 70s. And yeah, more, oh, what a time I had. More than me. I saw five, six days, six of, the days 70s. of the 70s. So about, yeah, I saw about 90 days of the 1970s, and then mm. I was a child of the 80s, I guess. So I was, in 1980, I'd have been... Three months old. So you, let's be honest, probably don't remember much about the early 80s. The late 80s might have no. started coming into your wheelhouse. But yes. So I suppose pop, you start to be aware of pop culture kind of 9, 10. So that, from what I remember. So, but so I, I know, I could tell you anything you want to know about He-Man, for example. He-Man, yep. He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so sound, sound like Hyman. Oh, and Seaman. That's where oh. my mind went. Okay. So yeah, the to- the toys in the nineteen eighties, I can tell you all a lot about. But I'm, I kind of can you remember then what toys got went massive in the eighties that was like a huge kind of. So for me, I actually watched a documentary about He Man He Man toys uh, only a few weeks ago, and so they were they were a response to the massive Star Wars Star Wars A New Hope. The first one was nineteen seventy seven, and mm-hmm. then I think Empire Strikes Back was nineteen eighty or eighty one. We must have all had He Man toys at the time. Yeah. So He-Man and Star Wars were the, the two big ones for me. Thundercats? 
Thundercats, I, I think that's early 90s, maybe late 80s. But... My, yeah, my research is in the 80s. Okay, right. <laughs> well, in which case, yes. But they were, again, they were off the back of the mm. strength of He-Man. Yeah. Which, like, so the toy game, like, merchandising off the back of a film, that was yeah. suddenly... Massive, big deal. Huge. Slap it on a lunchbox, get the toys out. Because obviously growing up when you were kids, there were like TV shows that were absolutely massive at the time, right? So you had your Knight Rider, mm-hmm. yeah, a team. A team, yeah. The a team. Thundercat, Quantum Leap. Yeah. I didn't realise that was 80s. Yeah. It was probably repeated again in the oh, 90s, yeah. so that's what, what we were Interestingly, from. EastEnders started in the 80s. Yeah, 1985. Yeah. Ian Beale. First, first scene featured Pete Beale, Arthur Fowler and Den Watts. So they break sure. into, into they open the house and there's someone's dead in the house yes exactly they've got you yeah. right straight away they've got you by the jaffers isn't it funny Ian Bill still in it yeah god well that's Pete Bill his Ian Bill's dad mm. who he I think he died in the show uh, and Saved by the Bell Saved by the Bell of course that's that all I've written down yeah it must have been yeah well do you I mean those shows do you remember watching them in the 80s or do you have you sort of watched repeats during the nineties and I, I remember later in your life. I remember being I must have been yeah, must have been like late eighties when I was like younger boy and loving shows like Knight Rider, The A Team, Thundercats, um Airwolf, the one about the helicopter. Yes. And I remember I used to put a bit of plastic in on the um, bike thing so that when you went around it went <laughs> under cogs of your wheels. Sure. Is it cogs? Sure. No, the, um, in spokes. the spokes of your wheels. Yeah. With your spokey dokies. Mm-hmm. And spokey dokies for our younger listeners were little, little, little bits yeah, of plastic. Plastic that, that went in your on your You would get them free with certain cereals. Mm. They'd be in, in mixed in with the cereal and then you'd attach them to your spokes and then as your wheels went round they would kind of move. Make a tinkling yeah. noise. So I used to pretend Great. I used to pretend I had my helicopter. Airwolf was a helicopter. Obviously, it was just, it's exactly like Knight Rider, but with a helicopter. Yeah, and then because after the success of that, they also had Street Hawk. <laughs> yeah, the was, motorbike version. It was a motorbike version. Oh, Car I, version, helicopter, motorbike. Genuinely, Street Hawk was my favorite of all the vehicle-based intelligent vehicle yeah. uh, programs of the 1980s. Because my dad drove a motorbike at oh, that, at that point, had, so I would. You had your own Street Hawk. Yeah, a Honda 500. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> yeah. I would. Pretend I was in Street Hawk and I would sort of have the theme tune going on my head as I was mm. c- clinging on tightly to my dad, pretending I was in an adventure. It's also the kind of advent, I believe, of like the cassette books. Yes. Where you would read Ooh. a book, you put a cassette in, and it would like read Listen along, along with you. Yep. The actors. Yep. Had a Street Hawk one of them. Wow. Choose your own adventure. Books. Books. Yep. I think they were an eighties uh, phenomenon. I know we were both. The Rubik's big Cube. Into. <laughs> yep. Big. Um, so, big events. So I've, I've made a few notes. I'll read some out just so yeah, you get an idea. Good. Like, I wrote, I, there's a lot, obviously a lot of things happened in the 80s, but things that are of relevant significance. MTV launched. Yeah. Is that, what year was that? 1981. Oh, right at the beginning of the 80s. Yeah, I didn't realise it was so early. I thought that was mid-80s. And it completely changed the way that we consumed music as a culture. America first, obviously, before it came to the UK, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it changed everything about which it created the music video obviously the music videos became absolutely vital to the success of artists the budget saw an increase because it was suddenly became very important to kind of get noticed on these shows and it made as well made bands didn't it as well yep it broke them yeah aha <laughs> yeah come up with a gimmicky, gimmicky video yeah doesn't matter what the song's like but of course it, it did in how times changed now like the music video it's not as I don't well, know if it seems well, to be well, as music important tele- television in general yeah. like MTV now is just like reality shows isn't yeah. it dominated by reality TV now yeah where do you I mean I suppose people just watch music videos on YouTube and on their they come up on their social media feeds mm. I guess on Facebook but it's, it's, it's totally it's different how the world's changed but back then that was absolutely massive was wasn't it absolute game changer yeah do you know what the first video shown on MTV in video killed the, the radio UK? star no, in the UK. On oh, UK, uh, Die Straits? It was Die Straits, yeah. Apparently in America, it's a video killed the radio star. Yeah. But yeah, Die Straits. I only know that because my father in law is always told that always comes Money up. for nothing. Yeah. He's a big Die Straits fan, as all dads should be. <laughs> also, the boom of the personal computer. Yeah. Well, just, I suppose, com- yeah, computer ga- computers and computer games, that's yep. when they. 
because the I reckon early eighties, maybe late seventies, you had that the uh, pong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thing that little uh, rudimentary game with a tennis with mm-hmm. a, li- a line hitting a ball back and forth. But by the end of the eighties, you yeah, we started to rock and roll by them. Houses. When do you think? Most the, houses. When do you think the Game Boy came out? The Nintendo Game Boy. Eighty-eight. I can tell you, Jazz. Can you? Eighty-nine. Oh, twenty-first of April. Okay, so probably not all houses had a games console. <clears throat> no, but also like just the idea of the laptop, not the laptop, but the personal kind of desktop, the Macintosh. Yeah, computers were something of science fiction by that point. Mm. It was all. It was starting to kind of become mass culture. Yeah, yeah. and along with that, the mobile phone. <laughs> the mobile phone. Yeah. I think only fools and horses. The big heavy one, oh, yeah, Gordon true. Gecko. Yeah, and interestingly, if you find one, maybe it's not. <laughs> the first phones weighed a kilogram. Wow, that, 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 that is like interesting. Carrying that, like that's a, a bag round. of sugar. That's yeah. how I always think of a kilogram. Mm-hmm. It's one bag of sugar, one bag of granulated sugar that you get from the supermarket. That's massive. Mm. Well, you can't just put that in your pocket for one thing. Well, it's exactly, not that yeah. mobile. Well, you, yeah, look at what they are now versus what they were then. But this is the beginning of the change, right? The internet was on its way. Come on, the internet was... Well, I think he'd invented it at that point, but it didn't get... The hype. Yeah. Nobody was using it until, like, the very late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. I'm actually reading a book about... That Matt lent me about Kid A. It's sort of the making of Kid A and then the kind of the age of the... The dawning of the internet. How in those early 2000s, you know... How we how we sort of get music and how music was talked about online and how in those days piracy music piracy the fan communities all that kind of stuff how that then changed and developed and you know social media is now where everybody gets their they stream their music and then they talk about it on social media before there were all these little online do you forums. think artists are as big and culturally relevant as they were in the eighties say so for example like I mean I'm saying like Michael Jackson. How fucking massive he was in the no. 80s. But like, you don't get the same sort of stardom. No, you... because in those, in those days, there was, what, four TV... Ch- certainly over here, there was four TV channels in, in the 80s. Yeah. So if somebody, something was on, a music artist was on, then... You had to do bloody well in those days to get on telly, didn't you? Yeah, or and so the ratings kind of... for stuff was like... if some The big shows now were watched by, like... I don't know, 50 million? Yeah. Something like that. Whereas now, a big show gets like five, five million or whatever. The the goalposts have changed because of the internet and streaming TV. But those days, there's four channels. Nobody was watching TV anywhere else. So if you if you cracked it and you were on primetime television yeah, those days, that's an audience of millions. Hmm. Well, you get like these entertainers, these old school entertainers as well. Yeah. Who have all practically disappeared now. They've all died. Well, from those days, they're probably all... <laughs> yeah. Well, we lost one of Callan and Ball recently, didn't yeah. we? But I, I think back to those shows, and I think, fucking... Oh, I watched an old episode of Catchphrase the other day. Roy Walker came on and did his... That was like mainstream, primetime Saturday night TV. And he told this fucking really awful sexist joke. Unfunny. Oh, and really, you know, on PC, and that, yeah. you know, that was primetime telly at the time. Yeah. And he, you just think, there's no way he would be working now. Just, it was like, he looked about 60 at the time. Like, I'm not saying people should lose their jobs when they get to, I'm not ageist. You shouldn't mm. lose your jobs once you pass 40, I'm not saying that. But I just thought, he seems like a dinosaur, like a, a relic of kind of that, the club, old club old circuit. Club circuit. Yeah. yeah, and there were so many of those people who were off the back of that, who yeah. were the main... TV presenters in in the eighties, Cannonball, Little and Large, <laughs> they weren't all just uh, comedy double acts where one was big and one was small, but there was a lot of that. Yeah, Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> exactly. If they'd have been around in the eighties, they would have had their own primetime television show. I made a note yeah. of some big passing. So John Lennon died. Yeah. Well, assassinated. Assassinated. 1980 by Mark Chapman. Yep, a fan of his. Mm. Good one. Yep. Such a big fan, he killed him. I know. Mark Chapman also did our original shop fit. <laughs> different. Different Mark, different needs. 
hear from Mark Chapman, yeah. but just as historically important, I think. But you think that's a, what a way to start the, <coughs> the not the eighties? Yeah, well, I suppose it sort of symbolises for a lot of people like the the end of the seventies. The end of that kind of like he was one of the big seventies icon, like solo career, yeah. all the give peace a chance, the uh, anti Vietnam movement, mm-hmm. all that kind of. And it opened the door for the, uh, the decade of excess and yeah. bands like Duran Duran and. Yeah, there was a totally different. It's fucking hot. Totally different feeling to that decade. I mean, obviously, because I was thinking about this, how the, there was there's always counterculture. Yep. And, you know, and culture, mainstream culture, and the mainstream culture was your sort of new romantic bands and you kind of all these bands that embraced the excess and the the cocaine and the capitalism and the overblown you know, spandau ballet. Big flouncy shirts, mm-hmm. massive suits. We'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Thatcher's Britain. Yeah. And then you Tory get the, boys who are like giving. Yeah. Then you get the the other side of it, which I because that's the that's the music I would have been exposed to. Yeah. At the time, I would have heard the mainstream pop. That's what my sisters were listening yeah. to. Like Duran Duran was always playing in the house. Aha. Uh, the Thompson Twins. The Grease Two soundtrack. Grease <laughs> Two soundtrack. But there's all the, the Smiths and the Cure mm. and REM and all these counterculture bands who were, you know, like listened to by students at the time. Mm. But then you you look back and those are the bands that people now remember, I suppose, and kind of have a lasting legacy. Like Duran Duran seemed very much of their of their time, but yeah. the kids like aren't suddenly no, like, getting into Duran Duran. Who now, would you compare a nowadays band then to that sort of act? It's a good question. Which ones? Like the counterculture ones? No, like the kind of night, like the kind of big Duran Duran esque bands that are like mm, kind of. Well, like I suppose pop the equivalent, yeah, it's like your big pop acts like Ariana Grande. Yeah, that kind of like easy, just really mainstream, palatable, easy pop palatable. production. Yeah, pa- neatly packaged yeah. and kind of nothing, not saying anything mm-hmm. controversial and for young young people who don't want to think about the issues, I guess. Uh, and yeah, then they obviously got the other, the other side of it. I guess you, your grime artists and your, mm-hmm. yeah, your alternative acts. They're always trying to do something alternative. Bob Marley died. I didn't write down when he died, but he but died it was in the eighties. Skin cancer started oh, yeah. on his toe and it spread to his vital organs. <laughs> It's a really dark place. It's good to have the detail. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that's how Bob Molly went. Yeah, I'd, I had. I'd had heard of that. That I knew he got. He was like cancer starting on his toe bizarrely. Do you know what? I, th- I think I thought he'd been assassinated as well. Molly no. Molly no. died of cancer. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, this has. We'd like to educate you. Yeah. Well, that's like. why I found it quite. That's why I only noted down in things I thought might be relevant to today's culture and interesting yeah. things. Also, wrote down the Falklands War. Yep, yeah, 1982. Yep. 655 Argentinians <laughs> died. I'm not laughing at that. 255 Brits and three locals. It just it does seem quite an insignificant... Yeah, which is mad. I think it happened like, I was only over about three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. It was like a kind of... Obviously, it was massive, massive news. If, yeah. I mean, if that happened now, it'd be... But, that, but I don't remember that as a young boy. Well, no, we were two. Two or three. It was too yeah. young to remember it. But the first time I remember anything like that happening was Iraq. Yes, the, the first war. the first Gulf war that was like ninety, yeah, ninety one maybe. Around the first then. George Bush wasn't it? Yeah, when that's the first time I remember anything and being seriously scared about something in the news like that. Yeah, when you hear there's an actual war starting, an actual and war. we're involved. Yeah. yeah, our boys going over there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now it's kind of like quite. There's more and more of these kind of like situations, He's, but when you were a young lad, did you used to? I know you drew, you were an actual training to be in the army, right? You were an army yeah. cadet. Yep, yeah. big time. <laughs> was basically military man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Captain Stephen Hurdle. Yeah. Did you used to play army? Was that a thing you would do? Didn't like, need to. Was trained. Yeah, I know. But trained to the man a lethal blow. <laughs> you and your brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, we you used like to play. pretend to have a gun. You go. Yeah, ah, I shot you first. All that I seem to remember that we were like Star Wars, like using action figures and stuff. And but would you actually play? Because we would say, let's let's play army. Yeah. And it would be two, you know you'd be in two teams and you'd be like. Uh, pretending to do a machine oh, gun. I must have done. I don't remember really. It's interesting that you kind of washing, go straight washing to machine gun noise. Uh, like a sheep, like a laughing sheep. Yeah. Well, uh, 
Goat goat versus sheep. (laughs) Spraying bullets into a field. The poor shepherd's got one in the... Yeah. Got shot in the butox. (laughs) (laughs) Willow. (laughs) Versus rat-a-tat-tat. Yeah. No, I was proper... I probably should have been deeper. (laughs) Mum was definitely not an Uzi. But yeah, um, also... You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. The C- moving on from that. CD. CD oh, yeah, the the Which is weird, because I always I associated a CD with the 90s, but... In actual fact, it was it was invented in the eighties, but it took ages. It was so expensive; they didn't actually take off until the nineties. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have probably guessed. And I that. think it was it was a collab between Sony and Panasonic. I didn't write it down, but I was something like. <laughs> well, that was probably a probably a collab between Sony and Panasonic. Yeah, yeah. I think it was those two. It was two like major yeah, tech right. giants that kind of got together for the first time and the last time. Yeah, by the time I was old enough to buy music. You had the option of the CD and the cassette. The cassette they've gone. I think CD was now outselling the cassette. Yeah, and it seems magical, like that rainbow, that lovely yeah. rainbow you'd get on the bottom. Digital, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I, you know, I was still making mixtapes on cassette, so I got a soft spot for cassette. But mm. you know, I love my CDs. And that was that was it for the uh, the whole of our youth. It was CDs, wasn't it? All the way through, yeah. I actually found a huge bag of CDs in like a like it all like packed into like things like all that. And it's like early two thousands yep. bands. Still buying when we were in London. Yeah. Well, the whole vinyl nostalgia thing didn't kick off until that's been like the last ten mm. ten years, really, hasn't it? Do you reckon CDs will have a nostalgia at some point? <sighs> Probably not. I wouldn't have thought so because the. But that look is nice. It doesn't look as nice. It's not as big and kind of statement. You do still. I mean, you still got the, all the artwork and all the kind of effort that went into one. You know, I, I used to love sitting there, get the booklet out with the lyrics, and I would, you know, you genuinely like with the vinyl, you'd mm. sit there and yeah, read all. Yeah, and it read, was, again, it was, it was part of it, wasn't it? Like the covers, yeah. like photos from in the studio. Yeah, song lyrics. It's who produced of, it? Part of the ceremony of listening to a new record, you'd sit there. Maybe not the first listen, but once you were into it. Yeah, I remember I would sit and look out, look out my bedroom window, the field, have and lay out the booklet on my windowsill, like knelt on my bed. Lovely times. Oh, that silences me. Oh, that was nineties. Yeah, that's nineties. Yeah, but that was the nineties. Yeah, yeah, that's no, irrelevant to this particular yeah. chat. Um, and also for anyone that's watched the um, TV series Chernobyl, mm-hmm. or as my wife calls it, Chernobyl. <laughs> Uh, the Chernobyl meltdown, nineteen eighty-six. Yep. Do you, did that register on your radar at the time? No. no. See, I don't remember much apart from kids' TV until probably. I remember watching Berlin Wall coming down yeah. news footage. Yeah, eighty-nine. So like really mm. late night. I remember the Seoul Olympics, eighty-eight. Okay. I remember a little bit World Cup eighty-six. Yeah. See, the I don't. Yeah. Mexico eighty-six. Yeah. Uh, I remember. But was that was it? Fergie and uh, Prince Andrew getting married. So you would have been like your daughter's age about then. Yeah. So it's like Darcy it's remembering something what's happening a relevant yeah. thing now to get years to come. Going, well, oh, I remember. Yeah. Well, we've she'll she'll. I mean, she'll remember the COVID. Yeah. I'd have thought. You know, praying that it doesn't happen again. That's going to be like. Remember that year when? Yeah. Everything shut down. Yeah. 
It's interesting to think that, isn't it? Well, yeah, like she'll look but, back when she's she 40 again, I remember Covid. Yeah. I mean, we haven't been watching the news out of choice for like mm. a good six months now. So she won't, certainly won't be picking up on much. She knows Donald Trump mm. was the president and now isn't. And that, but also, that he was an example, idiot. I remember watching or being forced to watch Wogan with your parents and stuff yep. like TV shows, and you go, ugh. <coughs> yeah, and the guest would come on, he'd be yeah. like, who the hell was that? I don't care. Every once in a while, somebody would come on, he'd be like, oh, this is vaguely interesting. Maybe like Boy George would come on, and he'd be like, whoa, he's, yeah. he's a bit different, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he was he's that a man? obviously another big star of the 80s. And he, the A team. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the A team. The first onto the scene. He was in an episode of the A team as Cowboy George. <laughs> God. Fact. Yeah. But in those days, someone like Boy George, like it was a different time, and someone like him was a complete. Oh, he! It was like a revelation to the yeah. Like, this, what the hell is this? Like all these, like on top of the pops when he first came on top of the pops, doing "Do you really want to?" About his boyfriend. And you've never seen anybody like that. Yeah, like this to, kind a, of to a young Stephen Jones. Androgynous Jess. kind of. Yeah, wearing like outrageous coat. He was sort of kind of a reggae look yeah. mixed with like drag yeah. and mixed with a military as well. It's yeah. like. Fully made up, so it's kind of that new romantic thing, but mixed with yeah. a reggae thing because their music was quite yeah. white reggae, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, like you take you take it for granted now how. But it was absolutely like at the time it was like what the hell? Yeah, I, I was genuinely like, <clears throat> what does he? What what is what is he? <laughs> you know, it's very confusing for a young mm. for a young lad just finding good, good confusing <laughs> making his way <laughs> making his way in the world. Yeah, well that leads <clears throat> on probably nicely to. To be fair, the AIDS epidemic, mm. which <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, but it's you, like, it's, you can't lead on nicely to the AIDS epidemic. It's the AIDS epidemic, which I hadn't realised. Oh, it's like again, it's like anything how it comes about. And 1981, 121 people had passed away. Mm-hmm. By 1989, there were over well over a hundred thousand cases. Is that just in the UK, or is that globally? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't have the facts and details on that, but it just like and it was like part of the public consciousness. But were you were you about, aware of that at the time? I think I can remember hearing about it, and it's because obviously it must have been on the news and being a kind of real. I remember it's the first time it's like this illness had kind of spread, and like you were like hearing about it all the time, and it was in the it was you know it was even made its way into EastEnders and stuff, didn't it? That's what I was going to say. That's I think that's when I became first aware of it. Like Fowler. Fowler, yeah. And I think there was a guy called Colin. Yep. A gay guy called Colin yep. in uh, EastEnders. And then, of course, Freddie Mercury. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Think, when was it? When he was, was he? he I must feel like the 80s. he... I think maybe late 80s he contracted yeah. HIV or whatever, and then he, I think he died maybe early 90s. I feel like... Because then Bohemian Rhapsody went to number one again, didn't he? But as a... Yeah, I mean, as a kind of... For a decade, it was like a huge part of that decade... Yeah, that TV show. Like, as well. Have you seen the TV show? No, yet? but everybody tells me that I should watch it, and I'm probably I'm in the middle of something right now. But I think that's going to be it. the next thing I watch. It's a sin. It's called. It's got Ollie from um, Years and Years. Yeah, who we used to work with. We used to work with. Name drop line. Big time. <laughs> he's always going on about us whenever he's in um, being interviewed. And by the end, also by 1989, we also had the end, the fall of communism, communist Russia. Yep. Soviet Union, 1989. End of the Cold War. War. Cold War, yep, the end of the Cold War. And the end of, well, you think how the Iron Curtain, like how much of that of that part of Europe was like taken over by it. Gorbachev. Well, like from the end of World you, War Two, basically. And to, you remember, yeah, I mean, that's such a long time, that's mental. To 1989. Yeah. That's, that was the sort of, Europe was never re- truly... Safe, was it? It was, no, it was the spectre of nuclear war. Soon enough, funny enough, I do remember football, West Germany and East Germany. And yep. West Germany are always well good, and yeah. East Germany are always absolutely well not good <laughs> yep. at football. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I never, like, it was always, because growing up it was always the USSR, wasn't it? That was that was what we knew. Yeah. And it, you would, if you were playing like a football game, you could choose to be the USSR, and, you know, in the Olympics, yeah, it was yeah. the USSR, and it, everything changed. Yeah. But okay. I, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really understand communism and what no. you know. And it's, it's still why the West was like so scared of it. The timeline of it as well, and how it worked, and how Gorbachev was actually really forward-thinking as a kind of leader of the USSR, 
and also in, in obviously in Berlin as well. And also it's mad to think that you had Berlin in the middle of East Germany and it's like this little island of like East and West Berlin and there's different areas. But for the West, people from the West to get into to Berlin, you have to go like on the train through East Berlin to get to the place. And like, there was, that's why they were so desperate to keep it because it was that one small foothold they had in East Germany, mm. which they would just would, would not let go because of that. And the, the Russians would even like, um, and the, the, Soviet, the communists around there were like even like trying to block the trains to get through and so to kind of starve them out. And so like they were flying over, like dropping packages and stuff into Berlin to try and keep people fed and keep them in West Berlin. What's that amazing film that's about? I think it's set in Berlin, and it's like the Stasi listening to listening to people and making sure they're not kind of getting into Western art and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Oh. What's that film? I think. Oh, the lives of others. Okay, yeah. Really good. If you haven't seen that, I think it's like maybe early two thousands. Mm. You should seek that out if you if you're sort of interested in what living in Berlin was like at but the time when that fall was almost like a, a miscommunication as well, and how it came about, and there was like a miscommunication from the Rush Soviets to the East Germans about what they shouldn't couldn't couldn't do through Gorbachev, 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 and for what I can tell from reading about it like the locals were like well shit and they went to they all just went climbing into the war and they, they were like the soldiers were like what do we do and they thought, we don't know just stand there don't do anything and that was the kind of catalyst for like how they kind of triggered it and then the yeah, end they were just like just go through and let it all happen and stuff like that but there'd been uprisings like throughout different places mm-hmm. like in Czech Republic and Slovakia there were uprisings before that as well and like it was all it was kind coming. of the velvet revolution it was all yeah. kind of coming and building up and building up and it just how quickly it collapsed. And obviously, yeah, obviously the fall of the Berlin Wall is the big symbolic yeah. sort of end to it, but obviously it was build, yeah, building up. Interestingly, David Hasselhoff, talking <laughs> of symbolic... Talking of big in Germany. It was the poster boy, and he sang Looking Out for Freedom, standing on the Berlin Wall in a flashing jacket. Did he? And I thought it was during, was just... I thought it was during the thing, during it, but it wasn't. It was actually a couple of weeks later. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that is that why he's such an icon in yeah. Germany? Yeah. After because of that. that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it was just one of those unlikely things, and his name sounded a bit German. Yeah, yeah. He actually sang there, yeah. Wow. And he became like the poster boy. Yeah. Yeah, for it. I thought they just really loved Night Rider. <laughs> well, yeah. at the time, well, he was a massive star, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Baywatch was Baywatch out at that point. It wasn't. Was no, it? I'd say that put that early nineties. But for a while, Hasselhoff was like the pro- you know, king of primetime television. Yep. King of the small screen. He was. He was the chest, man. Chest rug. Yeah, good Ooh. sense of humour. What would you say? What we're talking about, sort of eighties pop culture. What would you say are your favourite films of the nineteen eighties that you still go to now and that you mm. think stand up? Um, Alien. Oh, that's nineteen seventy nine. Aliens. <laughs> Better. Um, Predator. Yeah. Terminator. First one. Yeah. Yep. Eighty four, I think. Their films, Die Hard was probably a bit. Was that eighties? Yeah, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Yep. It's like a quiz. This. <laughs> uh, would you want to expand on them? Why? Why do you love them so much? Uh, I still watch them now, obviously. Because I, I agree with all of those choices. Absolutely, watch them all now. They're, they're the kind of films if you're scrolling through. Rollicking goodness, yeah. On telly, if it's like, like I'll always watch it. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of how many times you've seen it. Yeah. That's the a great film. Well, I was going to say when I when I thought right, what are my top three films of the eighties? God, there's some bloody good films. You think the eighties yeah. compared to like, I would the say, tosh that comes out now? Yeah, you don't get Back that. Back to the Future, the first one, yeah, nineteen eighty-five, uh, Predator, yeah, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, I would watch. I would never ever scroll past those. Arnold Schwarzenegger's eighties output. Oh God, he was, is yeah. just. Commando. Yeah, Commando. Arnold Schwarzenegger goes Commando. Terminator. <laughs> uh, there are others. The uh, Running Man. Yep. Uh, what's the one where he goes to Mars? Get you us to Mars. Total Recall. Get yeah, you us to Mars. <laughs> Get you us to Mars. Yeah. the party Richter. He was making... like Yes, they're a bit... He was the big screens um, version of Hasselhoff's small screen. Yeah, exactly. For a... There's from, I don't know, 84, whenever post Conan, when he started making big Hollywood film, maybe late 70s. Mm. After that, when he started making, I think Terminator was like his big screen, like first Hollywood film. 
up until like the early 90s like post Terminator 2 maybe mm-hmm. like last action hero he kind of went off the road there but there was a period like early 80s to early 90s where he was just made a run of films that are it was imperial he couldn't be touched he couldn't be touched you, I would watch all of those films uh, t- come on though it's gaff it is of course it's it's unrealistic guff but you you still watch it don't you yeah you're still mesmerised by the <laughs> by the sheer <laughs> spectacle of it yeah the twitching muscles <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it just it, it does feel like the eighties had a period of filmmaking that is timeless, that is unrivaled. That you don't get now. You don't get those sort of films. It was still the age of the blockbuster, wasn't it? Yeah, the action, the action, yeah, pack, the action blockbuster, yeah, the action hero. I guess not as many films were made because this was like before the multiplex. So you, there were only a certain amount of films mm-hmm. that were shown. We in rugby, where I grew up, there was one, one screen. One cinema you could go to, and yep. like I don't know, one showing a day. I'm pretty sure it was just an evening showing. I remember queuing up to watch Back to the Future. I remember queuing up to watch uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. Karate Kid. Oh, Karate Kid. I mean, there's nostalgia for that, obviously now because no, that's yeah. been Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, re- relaunched. Funny enough, for uh, a new generation. One of the guys who does a lot of our printing for work, he said his kids are being Cobra Kai's. Mm. That's, that's good to hear and they're, they're, they're all Johnny Lawrence which is funny because obviously in our day Johnny Lawrence is the bad guy we're all Daniel LaRusso yep but they all want to be, <laughs> Johnny, be Johnny Lawrence who was yeah for, if those of you who haven't seen Karate Kid what you've been doing with your life but he, yeah he was the baddie well mm. sort of the level down he wasn't the big bad because mm. that was Sensei Johnny Chris but he, <laughs> he obviously. was the next level down mm. yeah. yeah who also we met yeah. What a guy! What a man! Okay, I'll, that's films. But let me okay. let me ask you this: me, actually, no. Let's stick on films. Do you think those kind of films, while we're talking about them, why haven't? Well, have they? And if they haven't, why haven't they sort of tran- transferred to the next generation? Why aren't kids who are, if you if you showed a nineteen twenty year old, Commando, for example. They'd probably laugh at it and yeah. enjoy it in the same way. It's like anything, though. It's like you grow up with some certain things, and it's it's so, sometimes it's not the quality of it; it's just a nostalgia nostalgia of it. But because Commando is absolute fucking shit, but Die Hard, for example, Die Hard is a wicked film. Die Hard probably has chance. It has to have done, surely. I don't Transcended know. the generations. Probably not. I bet you, if I asked like one of our couple of girls here, they'd be like, mm, "Rubbish." Yeah, that's what I know. It's the same with music because yeah. that's what I'm going to move on to. Yeah, like. Which bands have, have but back there, some bands up. actually have, haven't they? Transcended. Yeah, exactly. But I bet you, if you made a Die Hard sequel or something like that, or a TV show on it or something, the kids now will like, get into it, and then and, and then they go back and maybe they go back on it. Mm. I don't know, but it's like Jurassic Park, for example. Yeah, a lot of the kids are into Jurassic World or so this new one. Watch... Talk about the Raptor Call Blue or something. Yeah. But when you actually show them the original, the OG Jurassic Park, they're not interested. Really? Yeah. Well, it might... well my kids were. Well, they? To be fair, okay. yeah. Okay. They loved it. Okay. I had to fast forward a few scary bits, but yeah. they That's into it. Okay, good. And the good thing is, though, the characters from Jurassic Park are now turning up in the the modern ones, so they've kind yeah. of yeah. melded it. Because did you watch Which the modern like, first, then... or did you watch the OG first? We watched OG first, okay. then, so maybe maybe that influenced them. Maybe, yeah, maybe, because like my... But they my are ne- more into the Jurassic World. My nephews, well, yeah, they're more kiddie, they're like, yeah. they talk about the dinosaurs, the names of them and yeah. stuff like that. And well, there's a Lego version of it as well. There's yeah, like... that's probably got something to do with it. Yeah. But the truly great art does, you know, it doesn't matter when it was made. Terminator 2? Uh, everyone <laughs> everyone must know what Terminator is, or... Well, that kind of that S- franchise has Star Wars been... has transcended it, surely. Yeah, and I think they they realise that it's a new generation. They've tried to kind of include a little bit of the old stuff and then make it feel like it's fresh for the younger yeah. kids, so it feels theirs. And I think that's why it's worked because there's something for everyone. Yeah. When they try with that Last Jedi one, where they try, I almost I walked out cinema thinking, well, they they don't want me anymore. They're killing off all the old characters, and it's just about the new stuff now. I felt a bit like, all oh, right, okay, I see what you're doing here. Mm. But then they t- took a step back from that. I feel like that was a lot of people's reaction. Mm. And then they sort of reined it in and brought, you know, maybe not, you know, it could have been to the detriment of it, but then, you know, the emperor turns up and it all goes a bit more old school. Mm. Well, they're still making diehards. Are they making a new one, are they? 
Probably. They'll probably remake the original. At some yeah, point. with some other, the... sort of Jason Statham. Yeah. But what would you say are your favourite songs of the 80s that you still listen to now and uh, artists? I'd say my probably the song I've straight away thought of then was Human League, Don't You Want Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweet Dreams, Eurythmix. Uh, Big Dumb Straight Swans. Funnily you? enough, I didn't even think of that. Funnily enough, I just thought of Wham Last Christmas. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I did. Um, yeah, Michael Jackson, Thriller. Yep. Um, I'm starting to read my list now, that's cheating. Actually, but Purple Rain was actually another one. I didn't realise, like, I didn't realise, A, that that album that came out was actually on the back of a film that yep. he was in as well. I've never seen it, but yeah, I knew no, it was. Where he was trying to transcend music, and he actually struggled, Prince, for a while to actually kind of get any recognition. And he, re- and he had um, Purple Rain and 90, I think it was part 99 mm-hmm. as a double A side re released after the album came out again, to, and it went. Tra- mega big after that but it was actually re-released before to nothing didn't it nothing yeah. happened flopped first time yeah but yeah albums the 80s I don't mean, know R.E.M. Murmur yep 83 I think that is yeah Brucey Springsteen sure uh, right, I'll keep reading my list U2 Joshua 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 Tree yep Joshua Tree and The Clash London Calling do you think you two? I feel like you two are one of those bands that, like, the baggage of them in the nineties and the noughties has put people off. I don't hear about many kids getting into the kind of classic U two era. No, no. The same yet. what I was saying about REM. I don't no. hear many like kids talking about them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Radiohead, because of In Rainbows, which came out like two thousand seven. Maybe that's what they, they made a, re- a relevant album in the. Yeah past like the 90s yeah. and so they feel slightly more relevant whereas R.E.M.'s last good album was like yeah. mid 90s yeah. and it's like you get the kind of purists that might dig it out mm. people who yeah they listen to their, da- their dads tell them oh you got to listen to this band yeah. but they haven't quite made the and this is just going on off Instagram and TikTok and what I can see from our Instagram followers you know when you pick up on these things oh that's that certain song from the 70s or the 80s or that band from the 80s have been re- just, rediscovered. Just got one of your JD's, KP's, RB's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. While you were chatting away then, I was reading it again. You weren't listening to me. You were just no, I've, about got I've got one. I've got educate yourself while you take a dump. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny, but there's still that 80s nights are still massively popular from all generations. Yes, that's true. 80s, there's always stuff on the 80s on the telly. Everyone knows, but I'm pretty sure most people know the songs and the bands, even if they the don't quite know the names of their artists, they'll recognise a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. So we're really like, some of it, especially like Annie Lennox, for example, like how she kind of like this, again, the androgyny sort of thing. And Well, there was a lot of that in the 80s, wasn't there? Yeah. I suppose off the back. And how striking like... she is in that video with her orange hair, and she's like looking absolutely fucking badass in that. All those people, if you if you read interviews, it's kind of Bowie was the he mm. sort of didn't invent androgyny, but he was the kind of poster boy for androgyny and sort of gave them the confidence. Poster person, poster person, <laughs> gave them the confidence to try it. He yeah, like every like Boy George and all the people from that era always say, well, David Bowie was the was the one. Okay. I suppose that's why his death was so kind of impacted on so many people because his his influence was. The, begin, the beginning of Thatcher, the, the Thatcher era. Yeah. Speaking of uh, well-loved Androgyny. icons, yeah. this lady's not for turning. Do you find? Oh, you haven't watched The Crown, have you? No. Because Gillian Anderson does basically does that impression of uh, okay. Thatcher. Gillian Anderson, somebody who I find very attractive, attractive, Dressed but doing Thatcher, who I find very. Unattractive. The opposite of attractive, mm. yeah. He's quite, uh, yeah, it's very confusing for me. I don't know what to feel, apart from my cotton walls, obviously. <laughs> uh, let's talk fashion, because we should yep. at least touch on it. 80s is back again. Of course it is. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's the cycle of things. Yeah. We've just come out of a 90s So what fas- would you... Fashion. If you were someone said 80s fashion, what would you say? I suppose I instantly think of the new romantic look and the big puffy androgyny blousy flowery shirts and mm-hmm. makeup on men 
Yep. Uh, that's that's what I the stereotype I think of in my head. Instantly, straight away. Yeah, but I think obviously big shoulder pads, big yeah, power, power dressing. dressing. Dallas, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas, yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J.R. Ewing. Who killed J.D.? J.R. J.D. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Who killed J.D.'s RBs, KPs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and you think of like rolled up sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Wham. Pastel colours. Mm-hmm. Miami Vice. Yeah. Big hair. Flock of seagulls. Michael Douglas. Oh, right in the stone. You're always thinking of Michael yeah. Douglas. Yeah. And touching your cock and balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you like the fashion? Are there any, are there any parts of 80s fashion that you've ever tried I've been inspired there was times but it was more because of the strokes than the 80s fashion but that kind of like denim jacket with the sleeves rolled up mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. thing went well, through the, a stage yeah, well, of doing that redoing the 80s yeah. or the late 70s and so I was doing the strokes while the strokes was doing the 80s yeah I like to have been doing the strokes or oh, any one of them mm. except the best player um, yeah but so I was definitely did that but that was more because I was inspired but I think that's how it works you don't course, get inspired yeah. by the era because it's like it's not taken it's not full on taken from the 80s but you take little bits from it because you still yeah. look at the old top it's of the box le- it's through the modern lens isn't it and you go oh my god even though you think that's kind of cool it still looks dated, dated at the same time but then you add the modern twist and I think suddenly it's, it looks it's absolutely fresh doesn't it often it's the cuts of the jackets or something because we, we talk about this a lot is how we were influenced by the strokes like they just came out at yeah. a time where we were just ready for them yeah. and then you you know, to us, they were completely <clears throat> fresh because we hadn't yep. been into any of those 70s punk bands that they were being influenced by. You look at a picture of television now and you just yeah. go, well, that's... The strokes. Just, they've completely ripped off. Yeah. You know, 20 years before them. Ripping off the right person at the right time. Exactly. That's the key, kids. But then I like to think of kids listening to modern music and then, then going back and listening to the bands that influenced mm. that band, their favourite bands. Like going to their dad, their dad hearing the, what they play, and they go, "This sounds exactly like this from my youth." Mm. And then you go and listen to the original ones, and you go, oh, "That's yeah. why I love those." Um, so we were talking about earlier those top, those old top of the popses when you kind of yeah. get a glimpse into what kind of like fashion culture was at the time, right? Because it's not yeah. just the bands; it's also like the audience and the kids in the background and what they're totally. wearing. What you, what That's some of the best bit. Yeah, because we. We're watching top. Of, we're both sort of dipping in with top of the pops, nineteen ninety at yeah, the moment, and right watch, on the edge. Full episodes, unedited, so it's not just like the best of. This yeah. is like what people yeah. would have watched in 1990. Yeah, and that, so at the time we would have probably seen that, yeah. but you wouldn't have been paying attention. Absolutely to... Absolutely, remember it. Like even at the moment, it's like it was like the world. They were around the world cup era, oh, so yeah, like world like emotions. It's like yeah. top ten. Oh, I remember that. But uh, t- Turtle Power, Teenage Mutant Turtles had just come out, so that was number one. T L E Power, Crimson, Criminal, something. I forget number one. Yeah, but. When we were ten, let's say, which we were, yeah, ten or eleven at that mm-hmm. point, we you, we weren't going out for a night on the piss, so we no. weren't interested in fashion. No, you were just we were still wearing what our mum and dad, yeah. whatever they bought us. And interestingly, but watching it back now, you can see it through the eyes of a yeah. teenager. There's a so. high percentage of top ten songs around that era of like kiddie cartoon ones. Yeah, so it showed how important it was that kids that were market. spending their pocket yeah. money like going a, to Woolworths. Um, Thunderbirds one. There was. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty Boo doing like oh well there was that Star Trek in Across the Universe yeah, that was all that sort of weird stuff time. and yeah kiddie like or based on well, film gimmicky gimmicky kind of, kind of yeah. songs but a lot of it was like sampling was like massive then wasn't it so there's mm. a lot of stuff because I've been watching it like I've probably seen it like maybe six months before so it's like the end of the 80s yeah and it, almost every band is like a female singer with some a couple of dancers and it's yeah. like a couple like what that the kids were listening to in the clubs yeah. Make, and that's what the records they were buying because they wanted to mm-hmm. recreate that club club sound in their bedrooms or whatever yeah. and it yeah, just be like the beginning of sampling being really massive even though it had been around for, for years it had gone into the mainstream any albums that you can think of that you loved or well it's, can you remember the first album you the bought the first album I bought would have been not it until the early, early 90s. 90s I don't think I bought anything in the 80s but since then obviously we've spoken about this recently the house, I'm a big REM fan and their best work probably arguably mm-hmm. was in the mid to late 80s so they're, the, they're probably REM's mid era was the 80s albums that have had the most impact on my life I would say I, I actually remember funny enough 19, like I said Turtle Power being the first like one of the earliest I can remember of being obsessed by a song yeah. buying the lyrics and kind of trying yeah. to remember trying to learn to rap them 
because I got sucked into the film and stuff at the same time. Yeah. My Mark Strefford, who lived on my estate, he had that, and the B side was like an instrumental version, and we made up our own raps to it, wrote them down, and then yep. recorded ourselves doing our own raps. And I can remember some of the lines from it, and it makes me feel sick thinking about them. Yeah, and he. He actually, I bumped into him maybe about ten years ago in London, just in, at random, and he he remembered one of the lines and quoted it at me, one of my lines, oh. and oh, I wanted to die. I pretended like I didn't remember what he was talking about, but, but you did. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> so should we end with a, yeah. a reading? This is from an eighties song. It certainly is. Okay. I think I think it's late eighties era. Okay. You, uh, I told you I was going to do this one, so you know. I'm not going to do the guessing. This game. is actually it's too obvious. This probably is one of your you're taking a fucking piss out of this because this, this has become it's my top ten favourite songs of all time. So it's a little bit harsh. Well, well, judge. Let the audience judge for themselves. This is a bit of Phil Phil Collins, Philip Collins poetry. Big in the eighties himself. Big in the eighties. Mm-hmm. He's out of Genesis. He's a solo star in his own right. He's balding. He's playing the drums. He's raking in the Benjamins. He's a big. He's a, big, he's, a, fan. he's a big star. He yeah, always a big star. Every one, well, I'd say ninety percent of dads have probably got no jacket required mm. <laughs> on in their car. Here we go. And he's just basically just written one of the best songs ever made. Yeah. Well, judge for yourself. Don't, don't try and influence them. When I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you, and then I'm not so blue. When you're close to me. I can feel your heartbeat. I can hear you breathing in my ear. Wouldn't you agree? Baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love. Anytime you want to, you can turn me into anything you want to. <laughs> Anytime at all. Yeah. When I kiss your lips, ooh, I start to shiver. Can't control the quivering inside. Ooh. Wouldn't you agree? Baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love when I'm in your arms nothing seems to matter my whole world could shatter I don't care wouldn't you agree baby you and me got a groovy kind of love that's a hook in it we got a groovy kind of love <laughs> there you go thank you very much what do you think what, it means? What, well what is a groovy kind of love what you... uh, it's just that we've got a, we've got a lovely We've got a better love, better kind of... I don't fucking know what it means. Just Maybe the Tommy thought he was sounding cool. Yeah, well, that's a, I think that's exactly what... He thought, what's a cool word? What's a, what are all the kids saying? He can't control... Groovy. He can't control the quivering inside. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've all been there. Yeah. 30 seconds I lost. I admit the lyrics probably a little bit, but I look past that and I, I think the melody is... Actually, I just think it's beautiful. I was kind of wondered it at my wedding. See, for me, this is one... You know how sometimes bad lyrics are irrelevant because the tune's so good? Mm. But I know that's how you feel about this one. Right, I love the synth. This, I love the synth. Oh, you, can't it, stand, you don't like it, do you, because of the groovy kind of love? Yeah. Is it only that one line? No, no, it's that... For, when I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you. But I'm not so blue. Mm. That bothers me. It's a lyric so bad in my head mm. that it takes me out of the song and I yeah. go, oh, that's so jarring. Yeah. Because I, I, the tune... Not a problem with the tune. And it's quite... It's quite yeah, it's that kind of quite a thick synth sounds. <laughs> Classic eighties yeah, big layers. It's kind yeah. of like sounds good on your dad's car yeah. stereo. Yeah, and it's kind of it's quite. It's, I just I think I love the melody of it. Yeah. Well, there you go. I reckon you could do like, a good version of that on the piano, and it'd be a be a good little um, a good viral cover. hit. But not many people cover it. In pointless, actually, is one of the answers. It was a pointless answer. Songs, um, songs that are on were on Phil Collins's best of. Was it that one? So it's kind it of pointless. been written out of his yeah, it's pointless legacy. So I thought it was harsh, and I said it, and then I was like, "No, surely not." But yeah, it was pointless. Pointless. You added two hundred and fifty pounds to the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> or did, was this in winning the jackpot? This is the actual last one. This is the last one. Yeah. yeah, they won the jackpot. Yeah. Or did they not say they, that? No, they, said, they said another one. We won a jackpot. Oh, okay. That was one of them. Wow. At the end, the end he reads, that Richard Dosman reads out what other what songs of pointless. Does. Yeah. I said it's the last laugh go. I said, well, I said, that can't be. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. Oh, we should go on that. Oh, I reckon I'd be rubbish. I'd, yeah, yeah, but I, can, I can't remember, remember anything. Mm. So there you go. We're going to be entering Pointless. <laughs> yeah. Like this point podcast. Ah. Uh, so guys, thank you very much for listening to the 80s episode. There you go. You've got some good content. An absolutely comprehensive wrapping up of the yep, 1980s. Of 10 years. In, we've done that in an hour. 
Yep. Just under an hour. If you weren't there, hopefully we've educated you. If you were there, hopefully we've taken you back mm-hmm. to your youth. So, okay, before we go, one thing. Best thing mm-hmm. about the 80s? Ooh. For you, Jess Dixon. Ooh. You personally. Ooh, the movies. The movies. Okay, I was going to say Thundercats. <laughs> at, the, at the time. Looking yeah. back, the, yeah. I think... Yeah, the film. I think the films, but, yeah. yeah. In general, like, yeah. some classic films. Okay, so there you go. So thanks everyone for listening to the Foud Rockstar Club podcast, the podcast that talks about music, mental health, and fashion, and the 80s. Sometimes At some point we'll probably do the 90s. I reckon. Well, no, this is... Because that'd be, that's, that's in our wheelhouse. Yeah, that'd be an easy one. Hmm. Some of them will require a bit of research, but I think we can do it. Yep. If we, focus we didn't do any research for this one, that's all from our head. Yeah, we were there, but we... See you later. Bye-bye. Love you, bye.